You're listening to the Invent Her podcast, conversations with women who have taken matters into their own hands and created careers that they love. If you're feeling disconnected at work, I'm hopeful that these conversations with inspiring women will help us all find our way in whatever industry we want to be in, or even find the courage to take the leap of faith to quit the day job and go out on our own. So, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Invent Her podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Stocking, and in this week's episode, I had a really lovely conversation with Karnan Thakura, founder of Karnan Yoga Bliss. Karnan is a seasoned practitioner of yoga and has an amazing story to tell as to how she got into it in the first place. I won't give it all away in this intro as I'll let Karnan tell you in the episode, but basically she suffered with some serious medical issues that were pretty much healed by yoga. In our conversation, we talk about all the different types of yoga that Karnan teaches and what their individual benefits are. Um, We talked about her thoughts on practicing yoga in a gym setting and how she went from working in BA as cabin crew to launching her own business teaching yoga. We also went in depth talking about Karnan's idea of taking a constructive pause, which is living a slower life in a fast-paced world and connecting with what's around you in order to deal with the stresses of everyday life in a more constructive way. I really enjoyed chatting with Karnan for this episode. I've put all of Karnan's details, her website, Instagram, all of that in the show notes, so do go and check those out. I've also put my social media links in there as well. I'd love for you to join me over on Instagram. I'm actually working on a new project at the moment that will, fingers crossed, be available in the next few weeks. So keep an eye out on my Instagram for updates on that. I think that's all of the housekeeping out of the way. So let's get into my chat with Karnan Thakura. I'm Indian by nationality, Asian. My parents were born in India and we lived in East Africa and then came to England from the age of six or something. So I'm very British. Um, it's a conflict of uh, culture sometimes because I'm very English as well Mm -hmm. Uh, so being Indian and understanding the the way things are done in the Indian household and you know still adhering to tradition and our heritage and so yeah I've got the best of both worlds I think Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was educated I did a BA in business and finance and then really threw the cat out the bag and decided I wanted to fly for BA. And at that time, you know, it wasn't the dumb thing for an Indian girl to do. So really rebelled a bit and joined the airlines and then traveled and lived and had an amazing lifestyle for about 30 years and then got very, very sick towards the end of my career. And um, yeah, I had to leave, I was medically retired. just went through a phase of finding you know what was wrong it was either give up and stay there or to it was sink or swim so I decided to swim yeah you know find out exactly what was wrong with my health and some of what I'm teaching now became a major part of my recovery okay so where does yoga fit into all this then how long have you been practicing yoga I've been practicing yoga for I would say years and years oh let me think um around 20 25 years right yeah on and off but I was doing the traditional yoga you know the Mm -hmm. or the vinyasa and I didn't realize that the power these purer types of yoga that I now teach have Mm -hmm. until I was really ill and went to New York for some treatment 
and then started doing the sessions. Mm. Totally fell in love with them. So they're yeah. the slow, more meditative forms of yoga. Um, and yet they're, they're very dynamic and very powerful for the mm. mind and body. Mm. So yeah, my interest, I've always had an interest in new age philosophy and yoga and healing. And so it's been there for a long, long time. And I think that's part of the culture as well that I've been brought up in. Yeah. Um, could you talk through the different types of yoga that you teach and what their main um, benefits are? Sure. Um, I teach my real focus on my most favorite practice is yoga nidra. Okay. And the, that is the one that I'm teaching through COVID right now. And um, some of the benefits are phenomenal. They literally one hour is worth four hours of deep restorative sleep. So if you oh, come wow. up, then you get four hours of deep restorative sleep it's a real release for your mental emotional physical mind and body um it triggers the parasympathetic nervous system so it triggers our body's own natural healing system it activates it doesn't trigger it, it activates it and therefore your body can really sustain some healing whilst you do it it's a real amazing practice for release so, you know, anything that's on the surface that needs to come out of our bodies or our minds releases and comes out in sort of, it might be tears, it might be dance, it might be dreams, but it releases through once you've done a session. And um, it's also a great manifestation tool because you actually guide your mind by setting intentions at the beginning, at the end of the practice. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, really powerful, really, really powerful. The other one... Uh, the other practice that I love is restorative yoga. So that's the use of props and really getting into, I would say to you, you know, how to put your legs up and then you mm. you and cocoon you with blankets and cushions and really leave you in that pose for like five, 10 minutes. So it's a yeah. long, pose, just more, more sort of restful and restorative. And the power of that is really amazing for the mind and the body. Mm, um, I also do power, but, Hatha is like standard yoga and practice, but my focus is on these two main real nurturing practices. Okay. So you mentioned that you, you had a full-time job, you were working for BA, and then you went through some, some medical issues that you needed to work your way out of. Um, what was that process like for you? And how did you decide that you wanted to leave BA and start your own business? Mm. Um, the process of getting ill was literally I was on a flight and that was it. I could no longer carry on. My body just packed in mm. and I spent seven months of looking at doctors and specialists and they initially thought it was, you know, um, gastro stuff. And then they realized that it wasn't gastro. So it could be lupus. There was, it was unexplained labels, you know, but okay. I was very many doctors and at that point it was seven months in and I just I was in in some aspects in isolation really because I couldn't physically function and um then I went back to work on the ground and BA and I just knew that I would never return to my original job so I was grounded for a year and a half and then I was medically retired at the end of that mm. and then my recovery took three years and the business is only very new. It started last June. Um, so it's a very new 
function in my life. It's a new kind of, it's very organic. Um, it started off by me sort of saying to people, I do yoga. They tried the sessions. I live at the television center. So they then told the lady there that she's really good. You know, you should get some sessions in for the residents. Yeah. There then, you know, word started to spread. It's been very organic. Um, I wouldn't say it was a massive decision. Let's start yeah. a business. It just kind of grew into something which is now percolating. Mm. So how how has yoga actually helped you physically and mentally? I think for me, when I was at my lowest um, during my illness, I decided to practice 10 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. I would every morning get up um, to give myself some structure, you know, because I was so ill. I had had gastro, respiratory, chronic fatigue. It all kind of started, my immune just started to close down. Mm -hmm. So I started to practice 10 simple minutes. And uh, at the end of that, I would stop and ask for good people. Because also when you're ill, you realize who's who and what's happening in your life and things shift. And then I was in New York for treatment. And when I was in New York for treatment, um, I joined a yoga center. And that's where I discovered yoga nidra and restorative. And I started doing sort of five five sessions a week, you know, because mm. in, in yoga nidra, you come in and you lie down. There's no physical movement whatsoever. Right. And the restorative is the prop. So I could manage that. And so when I got to New York, I was chronically fatigued. And within eight weeks of doing these practices together with my treatment, I was walking, I was more functional, I was more sort of, um, I was, I'd lost weight, I was walking a lot more, you know, I wasn't out of breath, I was, because these really program your mind to work with you, mm-hmm. setting an intention, and my intention the entire time was I am healthy. Mm. And kind of just embedded in my mind, the more I did, the more I did, the more I did. And literally within eight weeks, I was a different person. That's amazing. Do you have any advice for somebody who perhaps feels like they need healing in some way? It could be mentally, it could be physically, but maybe they're not quite on board with yoga. Maybe they don't quite believe that it's as magical as it can be. Um, Do you have any advice for somebody? Yeah, I think I think what's happened with yoga is yoga's become this fitness craze, or it's more it's more about the body, you know. And I would say to anyone, the healing happens in the mind. Mm. Really, you need your mind and body to connect together with your spirit. So you know, whatever feels right, follow it. You know, um, if you get a hunch about trying something or doing something different, and ask, talk to people, learn. You know, because often we're guided and we, we don't allow that to, to really fo- come into full focus. You know, we don't mm. really listen. So really listen to your heart as to what you need, you know, and be guided. Yoga, there's many, many different types of yoga. Mm. And yoga that I teach is very placid. It's very, you just have to turn up, you know. So I think if you're looking for some um, healing, it's a great practice. Do you think there is a, ever a best age to start practicing yoga and is it ever too late? No, not at all. I don't think there's any age limit on this. I mean, people, mm. the, some of the gurus that have practiced yoga are in their 80s, 100s, 90s, you know. But mm. no, just start. Just start from whatever the 10 minutes a day is a good example. You know, I'm, I'm, I, was, I was a yogi, but 
I couldn't function for any longer, you know, mm. so start very gradually start a practice that really kind of just helps you and mm. heals a bit. And as then just do a little bit more, a little bit more and mm-hmm. then grow into it, you know? So no, mm. age, I don't think age is a factor. Yeah. So with regards to your clients, um, what do they choose yoga for? Is it the more mental side or is it the more physical side? I think from what I'm seeing at the moment, we're living in a very fast paced world. Mm. And whilst it's slowed down at the moment, what's happened at the moment is there's a lot of stress in the air and people come to the sessions to release, just to find stability, get some centering, get some stillness. I think it's about the mind and the body coming together just to relax and let go. Yeah. Do you think there are any big misconceptions about yoga and what are they and how do you respond to them? I think it, it, it seems to be more about the body, but it's a union, you yeah. know, it's a union of your mind, body and spirit. And I think the mind and body is the union. It's the yin and the yang. Mm. Often, I think, in, it's portrayed as a physical activity. But in actual fact, it's to, uh, to adhere to both, you know. And I think that's the misconception that needs to now be moved along. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and also, it's a very healing practice. It's a very, very healing. It's a very pure practice that, you know, has a lot of history, a lot of sort of science behind it as well, you know. So I think that the the fact that it's seen as a, an activity for the body is, is not good enough. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because there are you know, you can go to any gym anywhere and they'll have so many fast paced body pump style classes and then they'll have a yoga session. It almost feels the wrong environment to have a yoga session where you're, you know, you're calm. And I understand the fact that it's why it's there, but it it does feel like it's in the wrong environment. You feel like it it needs to be a calm environment, not, not somewhere where, you know, you've got people running on a running machine and lifting weights. It just feels a bit the wrong Mm. place. And often when it's in a gym, it's literally let's get from one pose to another pose. Yeah. Let's not let's not really even focus on the breath because really we just want to get really fit and, and yeah. strong, right? But it's actually about really focus on the breath, really get centered, really be in that moment, you know, mm. and allow the, the breath to work with the body or the movement that you're bringing in, which is very different in a gym environment. Mm. So if you go somewhere where it's a yoga studio, the whole essence of when you walk in and it's candles and it's soft music, mm. it's the scenery and the setting that really counts. Mm. But also the style of yoga taught in those kind of places will be very different. You know? mm. And the will be very different. Yeah, I think the setting is very important because you're, nev- you're never going to get, you know, the calm music and the and the candles and everything in a gym. That's that's never going to be the right. And it's almost like when you walk into that environment, that calm environment that's where it starts that's where the yoga starts it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be when you're on the mat it, it, you start when you walk in and if you're doing it in a gym you know you, you've got that fast-paced energy around you and then suddenly you have to be calm it's almost like you're not in the right frame of mind for it and I think I think also you know it's become this if you do it then you, you know you're hip and everyone does it and yeah. you know and also the teachings you know not everyone is in that in that feel to to give and to nurture and to to really restore people you know it's you know i think authentic yoga teachers you can spot them a mile away you can see who's in it for the passion and the love mm-hmm. more. and i think really follow that if you're if you're really looking for deep nourishment you know i think yeah. 
find it in your teachings the, the people teaching you will give you that stance of yeah. yes do this or not you know and where i'm gonna go if i do this yeah like when i was in new york and i started nidra i had no idea what nidra was mm. you know i had no idea that you just literally come and lie down put a blanket on and yet you could be taken to this depth and um yeah, I mean, such gratitude to my teachers still. And I still really honour them because they helped me on that healing journey, you know. Hmm. So. so where did you actually learn to teach yoga? Um, I did a course in London initially, my 200 hours. And then I learnt yoga nidra in the US, in New York. And then I learnt restorative here in, in England at another centre in um, Milton Keynes. And then I went back to the US to learn more about yin yoga. So I've traveled a bit around. I've also done a lot of research and some study in India. So mm -hmm. really well rounded. The, the Indian side is interesting because it's really pure, really, yeah. really the real thing, you know, and it's very technical and, you know, um, yeah. New York, the States is very high, high end learning as well. Yeah. Okay. And so when did you realize that this could actually become a business for you? Last year when um, I started, because I said to my neighbors and, you know, they, they then told the lifestyle manager, you know, have some sessions. And I think just seeing how it was received started me thinking, okay, you know, maybe the world needs a different form of yoga, a different form of teaching. Mm. And then I was, um, I was introduced to the people at John Lewis and Westfield and they asked me to become their yoga teacher for the year. And then I realized that, you know, these classes had an impact and, you know, this could then slowly, it's kind of just slowly grown. People have heard and then I've done events or, you know, it's very, it's growing very organically. I think if I pushed a bit harder, then we'd have a different result, but it's just, I'm allowing that organic growth because I think it's really important um it's a different form of yoga so it's taking time for people to understand what it is and the power of mm. yeah. yeah so i think from last year when word got out <laughs> and so with the business side of things did you already know how to run a business or was that something you kind of have learned along the way did you have anyone around you that you went to for help i think um it's really interesting when you get an idea and then you turn it into a business because you're learning along the way. Um, and it's still learning, still <laughs> really, there's lots to take into account. And what I've done is because it's grown so organically, I now realize that in order to make this strong and everlasting and really create a niche for myself, I need to lay some strong foundations. So mm -hmm. I'm still working through that and really defining, you know, what the USP is and what it is that I really want to offer. So it's work in progress, but yeah, there are people, I've been very blessed to have some amazing people around. And um, also the co-working co spaces are great because you always meet people that can take you on to the next bit, you know, mm. the, the next bit. So yeah, just learning from people in and around. So yeah. Mm. What do you think, it. what do you think is the hardest step that you've had to take in, in working for yourself? think commitment commitment mm. and resolve and juggling many kind of different roles as well when you work mm -hmm. on your as a small business it's the beginning of something and really understanding okay so in order to take my business here and offer this 
these are the steps. Mm. I think technology is one big hurdle for me. So hiring people to help me with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's early days, but it's kind of just starting to branch out. Like I said, you know, I was never online, but I am now. Yeah. So, you know, offering classes online and being able to access more people, more people being able to access me. Mm -hmm. These are just some of the ideas that came up and challenges that I faced. But yeah, commitment. I mean, I was very ill, so I didn't even think that I would be able to work again. So, mm. And then when you've had time out to come in and start something new, resolve as well. Yeah. And did you have a lot of support around you when you started your business? Obviously, you, you were ill and you found this, this cure for yourself. Um, but did, did others believe in it as well? You have to you have to get people to practice. Once they practice Nidra, they realise the the power in it. Yeah. Once they realise that it's very different yoga, then you know people word spreads. As I said, you know, um, did I have? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a really interesting journey because it's been from sort of one person saying, "Wow, I love this," and then telling someone else. It's yeah. a lot. Of it, the growth has been through word of mouth. Mm. And, you know, have a, a regular group of people that follow me and tune in, come to my classes. Yeah. <laughs> you you <laughs> seem to have built quite a nice little community online of people that just love to follow you and, and practice exactly what you teach. So it's really lovely. Yeah, I think building a community is really important because in this, the way that we live at the moment, people are quite isolated yeah. and quite detached. And if you can bring people together, mm. then that would be, you know, that's, that's a real plus. So when, when COVID happened and we started doing the free sessions, you know, at some points we were hitting a hundred people online, which was just phenomenal. Really. Yeah. And yeah. no, no advertising people telling people. So just allowing it to grow organically and then whoever wants to stay, stays. Yeah. yeah. It's making that connection, isn't it? Because I suppose you're bringing people together almost in a sense of vulnerability because I think people open up more when they're, you know, relaxed and they feel comfortable. And, you know, it's not like you're doing a workout where you're lifting weights and running around and jumping around, you know, it's quite vulnerable, I think, to, to just be with somebody and breathe and just open your mind and your body. Mm, I think it is. And I think what's happened is I built those relationships because after every session I follow up with people and so then I've learned their stories and yeah. I find out where they are and then you build a relationship and mm. now I'm not just Kanan who teaches yoga, I'm Kanan because they know me, you know, and I think it's about engagement, it's about the relationship as well. Yeah. yeah. Has that has that surprised you at all about the relationships that you've built? Um, I think when you're cabin crew for major airline, um, you get those skills because you literally build build relationships very quickly, yeah. engage very quickly, and they're transferable. And I think that's what I've taken with me from mm. my career. But no, I think it's really important. I think it's one of the steps that is um, vital for trust. You know, it's building that trust that actually, yes, I can trust her. I can speak to her, and you know, this is in my best interest. You know, mm. I think. It's and I think it helps that you open up about your experiences with being ill and, and how this has helped you. It probably helps other people open up to you as well. Yeah. And honestly, the, these practices had such a phenomenal shift in where I was. I mean, imagine if you arrive in New York and you've got chronic fatigue and you join a yoga center and within 
eight weeks you're walking 20 blocks mm. you know massive massive shift so mm. yeah I guess my story you know it's real because I, I had two choices either I my prognosis wasn't great so it was either I stay as I was and just live that way or I shift I decided mm. to take some fundamental steps to shift because I'm a go-getter really so you know it's it's wasn't in my interest just to sit still and you know I just wanted recovery Mm. and and it was difficult because I didn't really know what the illness was Mm. what I was fighting I just knew my immune was struggling yeah they needed something yeah yeah Mm. and this really boosted my mind to work Mm. and really get focus and get guided and then it manifests that that wellness you know Mm. and that's brilliant it's almost like a you almost feel like what when you've found a cure for it, you feel addicted to that cure. And so you probably, you will never not practice yoga now. And I think if people um, are in the same position, do you find that people stick to yoga for life once they've found that it's actually helped them with something physical? Yes, for sure. For sure. I think anything that benefits you. I mean, what I've done now is the, the sessions, I write my own material. So I can really create, I can be really creative. So no session, you know, tentatively is, is the same, you know, so I give different visualizations, different guidance in it. And it's really about giving that person an experience as well. Mm -hmm. I think if you can keep that creativity up, people will really commit for life because it's different each time. And yet it has so many phenomenal benefits. I wanted to ask about your philosophy on slow living. Um, what does this mean to you and how can people implement it into their daily lives? Some of my favourite ideas for practising slow living is simple things, really. Things like no rushing. Mm. You know? um, often we're, we're in this pull of life, you know, where we're just very fast paced. Sorry, push of life. And uh, so just try and, you know, just try and plan a bit better, you know, give yourself that extra five minutes, set your watch five minutes ahead of time. Um, And when you're walking, just slow down, breathe, feel the steps. Um, You're breathing, you know, just slow down your breathing. Just take those deep breaths in because actually, and if you take a pause between each activity that you do in the day, that will allow you to finish something and then start Mm. Um, take time to prepare and eat, you know, and really focus on the food, play some music. Classical music's great when you're cooking. Um, focus on the moment. Don't think about what happened yesterday, what might happen tomorrow. Be, yeah. be um, Create space as well. Declutter your mind, your body. Just keep your environment really, you know, healthy. Mm. And connect have a conversation be really be present when you're having that conversation watch the signs and really be you know enjoy that laughter you know it's mm. really important. also saying no i think when it doesn't feel right you know and especially when things get stressful and you feel that you can't take on anymore it's okay to say no you know yeah just some some tips that you can no and slowly I, I think that's fantastic because i think we're so used to living in such a fast a fast world and um everybody is always you know they've we've all we've all got our heads in our phones we don't live in the present as you say and you know we're always thinking about what's next not what's now what's happening now 
Um, and I think it, it's only going to get worse the more we get more addicted to our phones. So I think it's really important to take a moment to actually realize what's in front of us now. Yeah, I think taking, I call it the constructive pause. So before you move on to, you know, so you have breakfast and then you're going to get ready for your day at work. Mm. Stop, take a pause, just close your eyes for a second, breathe in and then move to your chair where you're going to sit for the rest of the day. And then during, you know, they say, like, I think it's 90 minutes, you know, take a break and then just take another pause before you move on to the next piece of work. Yeah. It's also acknowledgement that you've finished something and then you're moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And it, it's like a win-win in a sense, you know, it's like that tick in the box. Um, but the constructive pause is vital in the fast, fast world that we live in. Because we build the stress, we keep the stress in our bodies. Yeah. And we don't realise and then later on that manifests. Yeah, and stress is such a massive, it's such a massive hindrance, isn't it? It, it can cause so many different health problems and I've experienced it myself. And I just think, you know, if there's anything that you can do to re- reduce any amount of stress that you can, you should be doing it. Yeah, I mean, when I when I flew, you know, it was four different continents in a month. It was different mm. cities. It was nights out of bed, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've done that side of life, you know. I've lived that side of life. And well, the way I live now is way, way, <laughs> way much better because mm. it's grounded. It's more centered, you know. I can mm. give more of myself, you know and mm. that alone that just one that that one item you know that i can actually be really present and focused is is immense you know mm. that was started before i think yeah when you're when you're physically moving continuously and in that you know in in the stress zone you are scattered so mm-hmm. it's kind of just taking a pause taking getting grounded and just really being in the moment is is vital for your health for your relationships for any engagement that you have in your life yeah absolutely do you ever think that you you wish that you had left your job earlier to to live a more balanced slower life very much so Hannah. Mm. so i think i was terrified of leaving you know i felt that it you know it was a job it it you know I think in those days, in those days, um, you know, it was the culture of getting a job and sticking with it, you know, didn't really change jobs that often, but it was such a long period of time, you know, and I think when I'd hit like 22 years flying, you know, I just realized that I either left or I continued and I continued because it it felt like this was paying my bills. This was the lifestyle that I'd got used to. What else was I'm going to do now? Yeah. Um, when I look back, I wish, yeah, wish I'd left a long time ago because mm. the impact on my health was massive. And uh, you know, I think, I think where you have stress and and health implications, you know, you're not listening. Your body whispers, they say, but I wasn't listening to the whispers. Mm. You know, yeah. and not to really, yeah, so, yeah, yes. absolutely. So, not do to. you in in that same vein, do you have any advice for somebody who is perhaps you know, sat at their desk thinking, I, I hate my job. I don't want to be here. Maybe they have an idea of something that they want to do on the side and turn it into a business, or maybe they're not even at that point yet. Do you have any advice for somebody in that position? Yeah. Make a plan, make a plan, look who's in your network, look who can support you and don't leave. Don't fully leave. I mean, there's lots of options now, you know, you can go part-time, you can, 
work freelance, whatever. So, you know, if you're, if you're in a job and you want to leave, then develop a strategy so that it allows you to leave, you know, but don't do it so that you're scared and there's no money coming in. And, you know, so make a plan, I would say, Mm. make a plan, make a strategy of how you can escape from where you are to go to where you want to be, you know, Mm. five steps or six steps, you know, just really make a plan, elicit help from people in and around you. That's really important as well. I, when I got really ill, I had no choice. Mm. Uh, you know, at that point I had to leave. They, you know, I was medically retired and I had no choice. I had to leave. There was no, um, there was no ifs and buts. My body physically couldn't do what I was contracted for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't, don't leave it to that point. Yeah, I think it's really good advice actually to make a plan because I think it it can be quite easy for somebody in a position where they're, you know, they've got their own business and they're making money and they're living very comfortably to say to somebody, oh, just take a leap and, and just, just go for it. But that's not always real. That's not reality, is it? Because you've got bills to pay, you've got responsibilities. So by making a plan, you know, that that's both financial, that's well-being that's you know um practical tips as well so i think that's that's a really good advice for somebody yeah i remember i remember thinking you know i get paid x amount and then the next day i remember thinking what if i got paid even more Mm. you know because we always look at the negative we always think about this i won't manage you know but somewhere in my heart and my mind a thought came that what if i got even more and I'm doing way better than I was then. Yeah. And, uh, that at that time, if you'd asked me, I'd have said, no, I can't possibly leave, you know, but actually allow your thoughts, allow the, you know, allow the decisions to kind of percolate, formulate in your mind. But if you have a plan, then you've got steps that you can take. And I think that's vital. You know, you can't just, it's no point going from the pan to the fire, you know, got to, yeah. got to, got to make it seamless in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. and follow your, you know you do know we always know what we want and what's best for us mm-hmm. which is trust and I think that idea of staying with a full-time job because it's you know stable it's a salary it's you know you work for a good company it's almost it's quite an old-fashioned way of um thinking isn't it because I guess that's how everybody was brought up before the world of technology became available to us to create our own careers so sticking to that full-time job was the sensible route that's how everybody was and that's how it should be but now we have all the means available to us to create our own lives and create our own careers and um yeah it's just there's no better time to go out and do your own thing and create your own money create your own career than right now yeah totally i mean i think innovation's massive and when I joined the airlines in 85, 1985, you know, I was lucky to get the job. Mm. So you're lucky to get the job. You stay in a job. Yeah. Know? And you're grateful to your bosses for 30 years. <laughs> so much, you know, but actually now the, the landscape has completely changed. You know, mm. you can, oh, most people stay in jobs 18 months, two years now. Yeah. Because innovation is so, and you can create your own job. You know, mm. you can create your own world. So take it, take those wonderful, wonderful opportunities. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, it sounds like, you know, 30 years, I, I had the most amazing career. You know, I loved what I did. But when it took a toll on my health, it was time to readdress. 
So don't allow for, you know, any mental anguish or any physical anguish to come in, you know, step aside before then, I would say that would be my advice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's great advice. You've got those opportunities now. Yeah. Take them, you know, whereas in, in my mind, I didn't have that, you know, Mm. also when you've been in a job for a long time and that's all you've done, what else do you do? Yeah. So yeah. And the yoga was an interest. The yoga was a hobby. It wasn't Mm. a, I, I, I don't, I never thought I would be a yoga teacher, you know, I mm. just, I, that wasn't in my makeup because I was mm. so such a go-getter, but um, it's the time now, it's, it's yeah. doing it, but doing it differently and doing it the way I'd love to, you know, give in a, in a different sense, you know, yeah. I don't want to be a traditional yoga teacher either, so yeah. looking, looking at a niche and looking at something different that I can offer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything that you wish that you'd known before going out and on and you know doing your own thing? Is is there anything that you've learned that maybe you wish you'd known before and that you could pass on to somebody else? So many things. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. I think I think to build a business you need foundation. And I think because my business is built organically, now I'm looking at the foundation. So make sure whatever you're doing, it has the the nuts and bolts in place, you know. Yeah. And I think for me, it just started to grow, and you know, I started to get known, and I started getting events and companies coming in, really mass opportunities. So it, I'm kind of going back a step at the moment to put the foundations in place, really look at the USP, really look at the values, really look at my mission, yeah. and really put those those things in place so that I can really excel even more mm. so I think I've gone it I've gone at it the other way whereas most people do that first and then grow their business but I was very lucky with the opportunities that came my way yeah so, you know turning it on its head a bit you know yeah uh, yeah really looking at what, what is this business you know what do I want to achieve what do I want to share and how do I do it so that it is sustainable scalable Mm, absolutely what do you think you would be doing if you didn't have yoga um something in travel probably mm-hmm. uh, i think travel is in my bloodline um anything to do with people anything to do with people i i my my sort of love for people and helping people and supporting mm. people and anything that involved people and maybe from travel my horizons <laughs> places um yeah business i mean i'm indian so indians are really into business so you know the lifeline also brings that in so mm. some form of business working for myself i'd worked with for someone else for so long yeah so it would have been some form of business you know. yeah uh, this has just happened very organically and i love what i do so i'm kind of now got my niche yeah and so what what's next for you and your business then do you have you know grand plans to scale it on to a massive scale or you know are you liking the in the online presence what where do you see your company going well i think i think the landscape's changed so i think online is where it's at at the moment um i see that there's going to be a lot of changes through what we're experiencing at the moment you know mm. companies are going to have to bring people together more um really look at well-being in the you know in in business and for for their employees so i think there's a lot of scope around that i think also 
um, offering something different is really vital. So um, I would say, yeah, you know, I've got some plans in terms of scaling up, mm-hmm. uh, reaching more people, working with companies and, you know, um, sort of really fine tuning my one-to-one offerings as well. Mm. Really getting getting some healing out there and some pe- really changing people's lives is what I'd love to do. You know, yeah. really people when you think that there's you know you're not sure or where to go or whatever you know my story says that you can find a way so it's helping people on that path really absolutely no thank you i want to thank you for joining me on the podcast today it was a really really good conversation so thank you kanan thank you thank you thank you so much for listening to the inventor podcast if you like today's episode you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts you can also connect with me on social media where i'm at the inventor podcast i would love to hear from you